Hello Tea Crew and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shah. Today we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet as well as doing a deep dive into Doja Cat and kind of a um, profile on her, everything that's been going on with her. So you're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, Tea Crew, the tea is boiling and I'm already a little bit late, so let's get straight into it. The first topic here, Krishan Rock gives birth to her first child. Um, she named him Krishan um, Malone after herself, um, which I thought was a nice touch. And more than that, Krishan ended up giving birth on live, y'all. So Krishan um, had posted her maternity pictures again. And I know from having a lot of friends that are having kids right now that that's like usually the sign like I'm in labor or I'm going to the hospital or like something is going on in my pregnancy. So she posts these pictures online of her uh, beautiful maternity shoot. I think everybody's seen them circulate through um, social media by this point, but she had on a two-piece chiffon outfit that was fuchsia and she also did some other pictures in like a jacket you know just cute like edgy maternity photos out there really cute um you know just to note blue face was not in them uh, for those that were wondering so she gave birth alongside family and friends but blue face was notably not there and then he was chastised for missing the birth of his child and he was posting on his social media to, um, you know, pictures of him and his first baby's mother, Jaden Alexis, going out and partying. And, you know, after these statements and stuff, after he came out with these stories, he made a couple statements on X, aka Twitter, where he talked about, you know, not wanting to jeopardize his relationship with Jaden Alexis by going to the birth of him and Christian Rock's child. Um, I don't know. Krishan Rock also made a statement after the birth of her healthy baby boy that, you know, he was not invited to the um, birth because she thought he was going to bring bad energy um, and that that really wasn't what she wanted for her son. She just wanted positivity and people to be there that really cared about her and her child. I completely understand. She went back to Baltimore to have her son. So I can completely understand where she was coming from with that. And then, of course, Blueface's mother, Carissa, had to chime in with two separate accounts um, during this weekend that should be about baby Krishan. So now we really have, um, for those that follow her, Krishan calls herself the big baby. <laughs> so now we really have a big Krishan and the little Krishan. But um, little Krishan, it should have been about him all weekend. Like why Clarissa was making it about herself, I will never know. But she went live multiple times this weekend and she was just talking about how it was Krishan's decision to have the baby, even though her and Blueface's relationship has been rocky to say the least. And she said it was his decision to, you know, be in the room at the birth or not. And he is trying to make things right with Jaden Alexis. And that is why he could not be there. She also took to her platform to share that she is a, before marriage, has a, has the same last name as Krishan's family, um, which, I, which wasn't out there. So I'm not going to say the last name because it's kind of almost doxing in a way. But yeah, she claimed to have been um, associated with this family before um, 
and that she claims that all these people with the same last name are related. So now she kind of joked and said, oh, my son had a baby with his cousin. It's just a lot. You know how I feel about Carissa, y'all. I, I need her to stay in her lane. She really acts more like a jealous girlfriend than a mother. And some other quotables had came out about her and her other kids and things that she may have taught them or may not have taught them. And it just was at no surprise to me because it just seems like she has such an inappropriate relationship with especially her sons um, that it's just alarming. Like, why are you acting like you're in a relationship with Blueface and not that you're his mother. Also, it's just so awkward and kind of cringe for me in a way to see Blueface be so affectionate with Jaden Alexis because it's like, she got this botched BBL, no offense, shout out to you, Jaden. I know you're doing what you can, but that BBL looks crazy. Let's just call a spade a spade. It looks insane. Um, she's putting new music out. He's just trying everything he can. And it almost just seems like a troll to Krishan that he doesn't even want to do this stuff, but that he just wants to hurt Krishan and just makes him come off kind of evil in my opinion. And it's like, if you really want to be with Jaden and you were trying to sweep the relationship that you have with Krishan under the rug, why would you do a second season of Crazy in Love 2? Because according to him, they've been broken up for three or four months now. So it's like, why would you go into filming a show called Crazy in Love with Krishan if you guys were not even in a relationship at the time of filming? It just doesn't make sense. Was it money grab? Like, it just doesn't make sense to the general public that now all of a sudden when it's time for you to step up and be a father to the child that you both have made, that you want to be like, now I have to be all about my first baby's mother and my other two kids. And I really can't be concerned with what Krishan has going on with baby Krishan. It's like, what? I don't know. Wish them all the best of luck. (laughs) But the situation is more messy. I'm just like, Zeus, please don't give them a third season of Crazy in Love. Like, if he really wants to stay over there with Jaden, then he should be over there with Jaden. I hope Christian can take this opportunity to really separate herself from him, get a house in Baltimore, and move on from this situation. Stop, you know, trying to go back and forth and whatever. If he wants a relationship with baby Krishan, he can make that happen. He has the money for the Jets. He has the money for the, you know, travel back and forth or whatever. He'll make it happen. Stay in Baltimore where you have love and family. That's my opinion on that. All right, let's get into the next topic here. Erica Mena has been fired from Love and Hip Hop in a statement after she called Spice a blue monkey on national television. So we talked about Erica Mena recently being unhinged and, you know, the different antics that she's done in the last few weeks. She was recently arrested um, with Bambi and Zell Swag when they went to the club, like a hookah lounge, got out of control and um, got arrested. And then shortly after, There was a scene aired where she was supposed to be clearing the air with Spice. Shekana got them to come together um, and Spice took some low blows at her parenting, her son and her son not liking her and hating her, um, etc. And Erica, you know, said that Spice should have died on the table. We all know Spice had those complications with plastic surgery um, a few months ago. So she was basically just saying she should have died on the table. And then, you know, she got even more enraged as the two went back and forth and she called Spice a blue monkey. Now, for those that don't know, Erica Mena is Latina. She is not of African-American 
um, or, you know, just African descent, anybody that, you know, would be considered to be black or of, you know, the diaspora of of Africa, which Jamaica definitely is. And Spice is a dark skinned Jamaican woman. So, of course, this rubbed many people the wrong way, as I would consider it to be a racial slur that she said against her uh, her cast member. So Love and Hip Hop took their sweet time, but almost a week after the episode aired, they did release a statement that just said, you know, Love and Hip Hop does not condone racial slurs or, you know, hate speech of any kind. And Erica Minna will not be continuing in any future seasons of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, which to me was just so convenient, right? Because they saw all this, well, you know, they put it together. They produced this moment to happen by being in Spice's ear and being in Erica's ear. We know that right about reality TV. So that happened for sure. Um, but to see the moment happen uh, in real time when they were filming, decide to air the entire scene. It wasn't cut. It wasn't censored. That was the entire scene of what happened. They decided to air it. And then to turn around and be like, well, now we're going to go ahead and let Erica go after the show has went viral, after the clips and views, you know, have gone up for the show and for the other love and hip hops as well. It was something that everyone was talking about after they were able to have that moment, they turned around and fired Erica. It was like, you know, if you really didn't condone bullying or hate speech, you wouldn't have allowed that comment to be aired, um, Again, it was bad enough that Spice had to hear it in real time, but the comment to be aired again was definitely something that they allowed them to do when they produced the show. So I don't know. It's just like you say you care for people. You say, I don't personally watch the show anymore. The clips that go viral are really, and then for this, I looked more into, you know, what was the background between Erica and Spice trying to get an understanding of why she said what she said. But to me, I, I don't watch the show. And it's for that reason alone, you know, people will say stuff, stuff will come out. People are very heated um, in these arguments. But for you to leave it in says a lot about what you'll, you know, allow in production. Also waiting for the fan and media reaction before you say something. It could have been in the episode after Erica's comments, she was asked to not return to Love and Hip Hop. She did not film any more episodes. That would have been the correct response in my opinion. But because you allowed her to finish filming more episodes and probably the reunion, and now you're just letting her go after all this time, it just does not come off genuine to me. Um, and it's also worth noting that, you know, some people are agreeing with Erica. Scrappy kind of came out and said, you know, in defense of Erica, that production produces these moments, you know, production gets in Erica's ear about Spice and, you know, encourages her to text Safari and, and ask him why he's so concerned with Spice when he wasn't concerned with her and he's, and she's the mother of his children. And then Spice, the same thing, like, oh, you have in your phone now proof of Safari telling you that Erica has been saying A, B, and C. So they do produce these moments. They set them up, but that's reality TV. 
Um, they set you up to get your reaction. How you react is still on you, in my opinion. But Scrappy did come up and um, speak for Erica's behalf. And then Just Hilarious just basically said that she felt as though um, Monkey was not a racial slur and that Erica Mena should not have lost her job. And I don't even really want to get into that comment. Just uh, that's part of it. It's part of the story. Take it as you will. <laughs> Take it as you will. You know, I just, I just don't know where these takes are coming from with Just Hilarious. I really start, I'm starting to feel like she's just saying anything to be an unpopular opinion so she can go viral. I don't know. It's just the really strange takes that she's been having lately. All right, let's get into the next topic here. Diddy gives his artists their publishing. So this is a huge deal. And you guys know, sometimes I throw in these little things, these little tidbits that really interest me um, that were, you know, trending topics, hot topics. But this was interesting to me because recently a lot of people have been selling their catalogs. You know, we're entering slash in a recession right now. Food prices are crazy. Gas prices are going back up. Like, housing is insane. I mean, it's really a time right now that we're having. And instead of selling his publishing or the masters that he controls from his various groups and artists over the years, Diddy decided to give the publishing back to the artist. So this is the money that the record label would make on a hit song, right? He's going to give it back to the artist so that they can support themselves um, in this crazy time. Now, Diddy has been accused time and time again of like selling out his artists, not, you know, having fair deals, being all about the money. And I think this is really going to help his image because a lot of people would say, you know, being an artist for Diddy and I'm still working, you know, slinging hot dogs or I'm still doing this or I'm still doing that because I didn't have a great deal when I was with Bad Boy. And although you recognize me and I may be famous to look at, I did not make any money off of my hits. So now these people, his artists are going to be able to make money. I think most notably Mace, Mace has always kind of came out and talked about his deal not being the greatest and, you know, being on tour and being broke and stuff like that. So I'm glad that it seems Diddy has done the right thing and giving his artists all their publishing and letting these people really flourish um, with what they've done. At this point, I would say put out a remix, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Put out a remix. You own that publishing now. The money is going to start to come in from the publishing. Go ahead and put out a nice little remix and um, get that master working. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's get to the next topic here. Pretty sad. Kourtney Kardashian was hospitalized. So we all know Kourtney Kardashian is pregnant with her husband, Travis's Travis Barker's baby. And they were trying for a while. She got pregnant and they announced it to the world at his concert. But he was still on tour. I didn't realize that he is still on tour. And, you know, Kourtney's getting month to month um, closer and closer to having the baby. Well, Blink-182 had to abruptly stop their concert so that Travis could deal with a family emergency issue. And then Travis was posting cryptic messages of a prayer room in a hospital a few hours later. So this had people going crazy with speculation, um, as to what happened to Courtney. We still don't know the reason for her hospitalization. Um, but it doesn't seem like anything life-threatening, thank God. Um, you know, and it seems like everything is kind of boiled down and gotten back to normal. 
We're glad to see the hospitalization wasn't anything too dire, but Travis did, you know, pull the dad card and leave immediately from the concert to be by his wife's side. So we love to see it. All right, let's get into the next topic here. Kenya serves Marla with a subpoena at part one of the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. So we already talked about, you know, the decline of Real Housewives, how they only have two parts as compared to most um, franchises that have three or four parts of their reunion to get everything in. Um, and I was able to watch the first part of the reunion and, you know, it wasn't bad. It's always going to be fashion. There's always going to be reads, but when you think about what they were talking about, this is a reunion. This should be the top topics of the season. This should be the creme de la creme. Let's get it all out on the table. And the fact that they really didn't have too much to say in the reunion really just lends to the fact that nothing really happened this season. You know what I mean? Um, and they're trying to talk about Drew's relationship and her sexuality again. They brought up, you know, Sheree's new face several times and Sheree started coming for candy. Nobody knows what happened between those two behind the scenes, in between the scenes or, you know, out, outside of filming um, because they were really at each other's throats. But one of the parts I found interesting was when Kenya served Marlo with a subpoena. So Kenya passed this subpoena over to Marlo. Andy takes a look at it. The subpoena is blank. Okay. It doesn't have Marlo's information. doesn't really have much information at all. And it just talks about, you know, a witness coming forward to Kenya's defense because we all know Mark is still in court with Kenya trying to get full custody of their daughter, Brooklyn. So Kenya wants Marlo to come speak on her behalf in order to make the um, custody battle go a little smoother with Mark because Mark is alleging that being on Real Housewives of Atlanta is putting Brooklyn in danger. Um, and she wants Marlo to come speak to the fact that it was about filming. It was this, it was that. She was never truly threatening Kenya and Marlo was like, I'm not going. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And the fact that Andy picked it up and was like, I think this is blank. I was like, I can not. Again, the receipts aren't receding. The claps aren't really clapping back as hard as they need to. It's just the show is just, I can't. I can't with it. All right, let's get into the next topic here. The last topic. Venice Boat Company bans Kanye and his wife, Bianca, from their boating line after their sexual rendezvous in broad daylight. So by now, we've all seen the pictures of Kanye. He had his little cheeks out um, and there was alleged, you know, sexual activity going on in the boat. For those, you know, everybody knows Venice, right? It's a floating city. You have to take little gondolas everywhere. Gondolas are those nice, beautiful, romantic, long Boats that are usually chartered out so people can tour the city of Venice, get, you know, faster down, you know, different place parts of the city. If you got to go north or whatever, south or whatever, you can catch a gondola and get there quicker than trying to navigate. It's a very touristy area, um, always tons of people out. And Kanye and Bianca just took it upon themselves to have a little sexy moment there. And they got banned from all future gondola rides with this company. So 
And, you know, I always find it to be kind of funny. Listen, Kanye doesn't care. There's other companies out there that probably would love to have this publicity. So they'll probably allow them to ride. You know, there's more than one company um, in Venice for sure. But I was just like, what won't Kanye do, you know? And then Kim came out and said she was embarrassed of this because, you know, they have so many kids and his behavior has just been, you know, unacceptable. And I'm like, Kim, I know you, I know you can't talk. Like, I know it happened way before you had children, but there's also questions the kids are going to want to ask you (laughs) about your past activities. And I'll leave it at that. But this has been, um, this week's trending topics. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering the NFL. So let's get started. Kansas City Chiefs all-pro defensive tackle Chris Jones did not report to the Chiefs on Sunday, September 3rd to begin prepping for their week one game. It is unlikely Jones will play Thursday night, September 7th versus the Lions. Jones has been holding out hoping to get a long-term contract. Jones will forfeit about $1.1 million for each regular season game he misses. Also in NFL news, the Dallas Cowboys have given right tackle Terrence Steele a five-year contract extension worth $86.8 million. And finally, in NFL news, the Minnesota Vikings have given tight end TJ Hawkinson a four-year $68.5 million dollar contract extension the 17 million dollar average annual value makes Hawkinson the highest paid tight end in NFL history and this has been the sports update with J-Rob have an amazing week all right T crew let's get into my favorite part of the podcast the deep dive and today we're gonna talk about all things Doja Cat Doja Cat has been the topic of conversation for a long time. I was kind of waiting, watching, seeing what else would develop. But I think it's a good time to kind of talk about everything that's been going on with the release of her new single and video, Demons. So let's get into it. So Doja Cat basically really, really popped with her hit single with Nicki Minaj, Say So. And since then, she has just been blasting hit after hit after hit charting most of the time when she drops anything but doja has expressed a different side of the music industry for quite some time now and she's also been publicly pleading for rest for quite some time now so everybody knows everybody doesn't make it right you get big in the industry and you might be hot for a year you might be hot for two years three years but the saying strike while the iron is hot is definitely something that musical artists have to think about because when you have a hit when people really want to see you perform this is when you know you really got to be out there performing getting yourself out there and making money growing on the popularity that you have in the current moment so she was doing festivals tours opening for people um award shows every time it seemed like you know she was asked she was there and this really burnt her out in my opinion and she started to lash out now we saw her start to lash out when um she's been connected to a new guy 
and he has alleged sexual assaults on his name. And Doja's fans are very loyal to her fan pages, you know, people that opened up entire Instagrams and Twitters to repost her pictures and her music and just be like genuine fan accounts. And they were asking her about her tie and relationship to this man and, you know, whether or not there was any truth to the sexual assault claims and Doja started to block them. Um, and these are longtime pages, five, six years. They've been following her career, reposting her, really boosting um, her social media footprint, and she blocked them. So this led for a lot of the Doja Cat fans, the kittens, uh, as they're called, to, you know, just bombard her on social media and ask her, like, do you still love your fan base? Do you still love the kittens? And, you know, Doja was just like, no, like, I want to make music. I'm glad you enjoy my music, but I'm a person. I don't want to be worshipped. I don't want to be followed to this extent. I don't want for everything that I do to be reposted and kind of blown out of proportion. She said, no, I like for people that like my music and, and listen to my music and I appreciate that. But for those that are just obsessed with me and everything that I do, I really don't like that. And I think that that was, you know, kind of the wrong answer for a lot of her fans. She lost a ton of fans after making these comments. I think it said hundred, maybe a hundred thousand or so. She still has millions of followers on all of her social media platforms, but she lost thousands of followers that day by making that statement. But I also kind of agree with Doja. I mean, she's being honest with them. If you had a group of people who were following you, good, bad, and different, reposting every single thing that you did, your private moments, what you did here, what you did there, and just kind of bringing attention to it and bringing attention to it and blowing it up, that's much, much more than liking someone's music, downloading it. You know what I mean? It is becoming somewhat obsessive with her as a person versus she's saying she just wants people to enjoy the music. She doesn't need it to go as far as it's been going. And I can completely see that point of view. That makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know about the allegations with her boyfriend. I really didn't find much on that. So I don't really don't have much to speak on as it relates to her boyfriend and his assault allegations. But I will say if that's somebody that's in her life, um, you know, that she loves and cares about and people are, you know, saying things about him, allegations, whether true or not, this is something she would definitely be defensive about. So now let's move on into where her music is kind of going. So Doja, in addition to losing all those followers for her comments about the kittens, she also has been losing followers for her appearance. Doja has cut her hair very short. She's dyed it. Her eyebrows are very pencil thin. She's been getting um, interesting tattoos of bats and other imagery that some would say is demonic um, or otherworldly. And she's also put out a new single demons where she portrays being, um, taken over by a demon spirit and being possessed. Um, I feel like this is all coming from the burnout in my opinion. I think they, them not giving her the opportunity to really recharge and reset the way that she needs to. Now I think she's just doing things that are just off-putting to her fan base, to the music that she, you know, put out originally. Um, 
just her initial vision of what her career was going to be. Um, I think that now that is all shifted and I think she's just trying to get everyone to kind of back off of her a little bit. Also, you know, Doja has also been somebody who's always wanted to go viral, have those moments, get people talking, um, her Met Gala look, the different fashion week looks that she did, the red, you know, encrusted, bedazzled bodysuit with her whole face covered in gems. You know, she's definitely someone that's avant-garde with their look, very different, um, not someone who follows the trends. So I think it's just her kind of trolling her audience and leaning into it a bit. Cause I feel like after she got the bat tattoo on her back and she also got, I think another like small tattoo that had to do with like demons and, you know, religion and stuff like that. Um, that she just happens to be into right now, I guess people were commenting and saying she sold herself, sold, sold her soul, and I think she's just that person that's like, oh, I'm, you think I'm doing this? I'm going to do it even harder, you know, just to challenge you, just to push back. Um, and then, you know, I think Melissa Ford, I believe it was on Neighborhood Talk. She made an interesting comment about the horror industry, you know, horror movies and scary movies as a whole, the entire branding of Halloween a lot of times has so much to do with demons and um, demonic forces and people being possessed. And, you know, this is something that's in our culture. People will go see horror movies. Some people like horror movies more than any other genre and, um, you know, scary thrillers and stuff like that. And they're all based on demons and, you know, mythology and religion and, you know, all these things that she is really conjuring up in this, um, video, are things that people make bloom house, you know, certain industries and certain, um, producers make a living off of these scary movies, scary decorations, haunted house attractions, where you can run around and get scared by possessed, you know, workers and zombies and stuff like that. So it's like, we have a whole market for it, yet people are, completely turned off and no longer want to listen to her music when she talks about demons. You know what I mean? And I thought that was an interesting point by Melissa Ford because I kind of feel the same way. It's like, it it was a little much for me. Um, I don't really like the song. I thought Paint It Red was okay. So, you know, the music she's been putting out lately isn't my favorite, but at the same time to, to say someone sold their soul, that they worship the devil over a video concept or something you find to be dark really is kind of hypocritical when you run to the movies to see the nun. I mean, that's a historically religious figure that is possessed and trying to kill children and people run to the movies to see that and see no problem with it. So I, I think it's a, I think it's definitely a good point. I think that you know, a video treatment does not make someone satanic. Um, I think it's more about their actions, how they act, how they react and things like that. Um, because other than that, other than what she's been putting out, she's been really level-headed and the takes that she's been having have been making sense. Um, but I just feel like the overarching theme that I found is these artists are really suffering from burnout and everybody deserves a break. And I think more than judging them, you know, get letting them 
really not us because we don't control her career, but her management, her producers, her label, let her get the time that she needs to really rest and recuperate. You can't work the girl to death, you know, and this could be a product of her just not feeling heard and just doing one extreme thing after the other to try to get their attention to be like, okay, Doja's really serious now. She's burnt out. She needs a break. We need to slow the schedule down and give her some time to be a human, (laughs) you know, before we lose her completely, right? Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this deep dive. Stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T. Cruz, my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. I want to thank you all for your patience with this week's episode. Um, You know, long weekends, trips and stuff. I really try to get the episodes out, but you know, I got to live too, y'all. Thank you for everything you do, sharing the podcast, liking the polls, liking and buying stars. I've been seeing that pick up recently. So thank you for all of that that you do. It really helps to grow the platform and helps, you know, to pay me so I can feed back into the platform. As always, arrest the cops or convict the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.